Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss the Uncanny X-Men number 167, the March 1983 issue, on sale December 7th of 1982, cover 60 cents. This one's titled The Goldilocks Syndrome. And how. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... And remember where we left off in New Mutants? I do remember where we left off on New Mutants. But before we go there, let's talk about this awesomely cool cover. I don't like Kitty's new outfit. Me neither. But everybody else is cool. And where did she get this new outfit from? Space. Ah. So the cover features Cyclops carrying the possibly dead body of the professor. And everybody behind Cyclops is very sad. It's true. I don't know why Nightcrawler is the only one crouching. It, I feel like Paul Smith ran out of space and was like, oh, I'll just have Nightcrawler crouch. Yeah, I can see that. Not really much to say about this cover. Just everybody's upset about uh, whatever's going on here with the professor. It's well done. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad cover. It's just, you know, if it's if it's 1982 and I'm looking through comic books on the shelf, I, I probably grab the G.I. Joe instead of this. What issue of G.I. Joe is out this month? Like 10 or something? Oh, I don't think it would be that much. But maybe. Somewhere between 1 and uh, 10 is out at this point. Yeah, that's that's worth a lot of money. You made a good choice. <laughs> so there we go. Let's open this thing up here. Uh, this is, in fact... Well, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. It is written by Chris Claremont. It is penciled by Paul Smith. Bob Wiasek is the inker. Uh, Yonkis and Ween are the colorists. Tom Wozniczowski is the letterer. Louis Jones is the editor. And Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief. I think Linus Ween, I have no idea who Yonkis is. Yonkis. Yonkis! Maybe that's his full name. Hey, Yonkis! What? Nothing. Just wanted to see if you're there. I need you to do some coloring with Ween. Oh. <laughs> Not Ween again! <laughs> Can't stand coloring with Ween. She hogs all their pencils. You're not going to make me color with Yonkis, are you? <laughs> he only has one name, and he rubs it in your face. Hey, everybody, I'm Yonkis. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yonkis smash! <laughs> well, so we open up this comic book with a, uh, well, the mansion. And I guess I didn't ever really realized that uh, the swimming pool is in front of the mansion. I don't think it was until... Recently, because mm-hmm. uh, when the juggernaut came a call in, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. So there, there were missiles. Yeah. So when they rebuilt the mansion, they built the swimming pool uh, right in front of the mansion with the, the, the high board and the low board. Either that or those, those are just sewer pipes. Could be. Or maybe this is the back and it just kind of looks like the front. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, it is the back. Hmm. It's totally the back. I mean, it should be. That's where a swimming pool goes. Because that's not a door. That's a screen door. Well, but I mean, it's a you mansion. You don't, you don't keep your screen door in the front. It, yeah, you can't tell that that's a screen door. That could just be some golden double doors in the front of the mansion. Oh, you think it's like a gated community type deal? Oh, of course. It's a mansion. Well, I suppose you could be onto something there. <laughs> well, we'll just say it's the back. Anyways, uh, we get a little bit of an introduction to the mutants that are currently residing in this mansion who are not the X-Men. No, remember the new mutants from last episode? I do. 
Well, that's good. It's a good thing we did that episode because here they are watching uh, Magnum P.I. just like they said they were going to do. Way to go, Magnum. Look at that man move, says young Sam Guthrie. <laughs> and uh, he sure is cute, says Daniel Moonstar. You should not think such thoughts, Danny. They're not proper. He is very handsome, though, says, <laughs> says a very Scottish Rain Sinclair. Tom, 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 says Robert Costa. <laughs> uh, yes, Jean Coyman. Shan. Ah, Shan Coyman. She looks on. She's staring out the window. Yep. Not interested. When all of the sudden the X-Men come home and they are out for blood. And, you know, I'm... I'm not even going to comment on this until later. Let's just, let's just, this is an exciting action scene. Let's just, let's just, let's just, uh, yeah. Yes. The X-Men burst in two page spread. You got Cyclops burst blasting a hole through the door on the left side. Uh, Nightcrawler teleporting into the middle Colossus and Wolverine smashing in the window from the right side. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's it's action packed. Cannonball is like, pick your targets, people. I'll take care of the big fella. And he uh, charges up and knocks Colossus out onto the lawn. Yeah, Cl- Cyclops shoots shoots a lamp. <laughs> These kids have guts. They obviously don't recognize us. Could that be that Charles hasn't told them about the X Men? Has he forgotten about us? <laughs> so how does he know? About these kids. Um, called Moira. <laughs> Moira's like, yeah, they're probably watching Magnum up in the mansion. <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, this issue could have easily been a mistaken identity comic. That's true. But it's not. They immediately come in and they're like, oh, these are these are the professor's new students. But we don't have time to tell them anything. So start <laughs> attacking. We mean no harm. Hit the floor. Stay out of our way and you'll be all right. Yeah. Says well, the new Shan. mutants do not do that. Not at all. They're like, what the hell? Um, I, they, uh, they, you know, their response is pretty good. I, I, I think this is what I would do. Yeah, all like, these crazy people jumped in. I mean, at this point, they've probably lived in the mansion for a couple weeks now, right? They're kind of settling in. Yeah, they've done some fighting. They're they're getting used to using their powers, and they're getting attacked by evil mutants for all they know. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a sense of entitlement here, right? Because they've already gone toe to toe with some members of the Hellfire Club and some Sentinels, and I mean, they've earned the right to to sit around and watch some Magnum PI for God's sakes. Actually, that brings me to a I, I, we've never seen the X Men watch TV. In fact, I didn't even know there was a TV in the mansion. Hmm. No, that's not true. Uh, in X-Men number three can, or four. Can, can you use your nerd voice? Oh, that's not actually true, Adam. In X-Men number three or four, um, you'll have to forgive my recollection of the actual issue. Beast is actually watching television when he spots the mm, toad, Mortimer Toyon Bee. Mm? Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, I suppose they do. They, okay, the, I don't Adam, recall. Adam, Adam, I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm, I'm pushing my glasses up my, the bridge of my nose. <laughs> and I'm actually going to remind you that in approximately X-Men number 42, mm, they were watching some anti-mutant hysteria on television. Mm. Yeah, and then they've probably seen the, the, the new brotherhood or the sisterhood too. Mm-hmm. Darn it. <laughs> Back to your podcast. Worst <laughs> episode ever. <laughs> Kitty. So, uh, yeah, Kitty is sneaking up this, uh, well, she's sneaking through the mansion. She's phasing. She's going straight towards 
the professor and she thinks to herself, what if we're wrong about the professor? What if we're making a terrible mistake? Yeah. Uh, Psyche or Daniel Moonstar gets into Psyche. Cannonball's head um, to give. Um, um, Adam, it's actually pronounced um, Psyche. All right, I'm done with you, <laughs> nerd guy. You're you're off the show. If you're going to keep mispronouncing things, I'm going to have to come in and correct you. I I, I don't want you to ever come back. <laughs> uh, kill, kill kill him off, Jeremy. <laughs> just just kill him. I have no control. I don't even know how he got on the Skype call. <laughs> Uh, so Psyche, there you go. Her, uh, gives Scott his deepest, darkest fear, which I think is just the loss of control of his eyes, according to the caption, which makes sense. Cause we know that my Dudley eyes, but, um, I, why does he have fangs? <laughs> uh, he's afraid of becoming a uncontrollable mutant blasting animal. <laughs> Just kind of weird. It is. Uh, anyway, let's keep the action going. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Rain. Rain attacks Nightcrawler and Roberto Sunspot attacks Wolverine. Wolverine uh, says these kids are these kids. Are, if these kids had skill to match their spunk, they'd be dangerous. Shan tries to stop Wolverine by getting in her head, but his head's all messed up. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, see, it's impossible. That has never happened before. That she's uh, just being rebuffed from his his head. So, I mean, Wolverine... In the French, we call that c'est impossible. C'est impossible. Mm, mm. Jeremy? Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, they, the X-Men have definitely read the files on these kids and know exactly who they are and what they can do. Yeah. That's interesting. Kitty has one of the brood guns, and she, I guess, has been given the task of assassinating the professor. I don't think she's given the test of assassinating him. I don't know what this gun does. What else is she going to do? There's the professor and he's human. I don't, uh, thank heaven, I don't have to shoot. So the instruction from Cyclops prior to them bursting into the mansion was, Kitty, the adults are going to attack the children and you, (laughs) child, are going to go murder our mentor. Go. That was the instruction. If he's a brood, she's supposed to shoot him. But there's, there's no... There's nothing about killing him. Okay, fair enough. So she she's like, "What's going on? If that scrap or he's sleeping, if the scrap in the basement didn't wake him up, uh, surely my loud thoughts would wake him up. What's going on?" Basement? Where do Whatever. you read basement? Downstairs. <laughs> I was going off the page. <laughs> uh, well, the professor looks like he's sleeping, so he's he, and suddenly he wakes up and says. You should have heeded Wolverine's injunction, child, and fired. Your hesitation will cost you dear. Oh, no. And at that point, she does fire. Zark. Sunspot hears the blast, and he's like, oh, my God. I got to get up there. They're getting the professor. So he flies upstairs. He punches Wolverine on his way up there. But Wolverine punches him back in the face. Nice try, boy. But no cigar, you futzer. Uh, Nightcrawler deals with Rain, and then he teleports next to Shan and Danny and smacks their heads together. And apparently, Nightcrawler, more effective against children than any other enemies. Apparently, the sound effect of Shan and uh, Danny's head hitting each other is ouch. <laughs> oh, it's even, it's like, ouch! <laughs> it's a funny noise their heads make. Kitty is flung from the upstairs down to the basement 
I mean, the first floor. Yeah, and now the action is like crazy getting out of hand. And the professor's up there and says, Greetings, X-Men. What a pleasant surprise. I have long hoped for such a meeting, but despaired of it ever coming to pass. You need not fear for the youngling. She is beyond help. Fear rather for yourselves. And in classic monster movie fashion, he transforms. I like this transformation because right after he delivers that, he slumps over in a like a, just a quick jerking motion, and then wings pop out of his back, and then he's full on brood. It's I I would like to see somebody just animate that because I think it would look awesome. Yeah, this is this is a, it's action packed, uh, man. This is a good issue so far. Um, Nightcrawler and Cyclops are like close up of him is like really not brood like. Well, I feel like it's like a metamorphosis, right? Okay, so, so it's like mid transformation. Yeah. Okay, all right. So if you look at like the fourth panel, the one that you're referring to is it's not brood, but it's definitely not the professor. In the fifth panel, he looks like he still kind of has legs and arms. And then in the sixth and final panel, he's brood. He's full on brood. Does my form displease you, X-Men? If so, that can be speedily remedied by your own metamorphosis or your death. And then it's like you're probably not pregnant anymore. <laughs> Cyclops decides to, he's like, I want some good dialogue here too. So he says, to coin a phrase, what a bet, to which I First he says, nice try, but no, oh wait, Wolverine already said that. (laughs) Want a bet? And I ask, what phrase is he coining? Is that just, and how to coin a phrase? (laughs) Uh, You know. Want a bet? um, Cyclops invented that. Yeah. Well, anyways. the original phrase was, would you like to place a wager? <laughs> he just shortened it and made it cooler. Well, he shoots at the Professor Brood, who goes uh, shooting out the side of the mansion. Which, by the way, I mean, they just got done rebuilding the mansion. Here they are blowing out walls and stuff. Does the mansion ever catch a break? <laughs> no. Splow, says the sound effect. And Colossus has taken out Sam Guthrie and sees everybody go by and says, Lennon's ghost. A brood queen, we arrived too late. Uh, the boy is, who, oh, is this the first Lennon's ghost? This is the first Lennon's ghost in this issue. By the white wolf. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I've given up keeping track of Colossus's phrases. Uh, <laughs> if it's not the first Lennon's ghost, it's been a long time since he's said Lennon's ghost. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. That would be uh, Vladimir Lennon, not John Lennon. Right, right. For, for those of you. L-E-N-I-N. Those of you young non-historians. McCartney's ghost. <laughs> Classes. he's not Ringo's dead yet. Ringo's ghost. <laughs> he's not dead yet. Huh? By the white wolf. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the boy I attacked. So he says, the boy who attacked me looks as young as I did when I joined the X-Men. I hope I did not hurt him. Like, how long has he been an X-Man? Hasn't it just been like a year or two? Um, has Colossus really grown that much? Maybe Cannonball looks pretty old. Oh, uh, I, I think he isn't. He is the oldest of the group, if I recall, at at like a whopping seventeen. Well, no, Shan is the oldest. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, anyways, well, Colossus oh. he catches up to the Professor Brood, and he says the creature is not even stunned. I must not let it escape. But uh, the Brood is able to read minds just like the Professor. The rest of the X Men run out. Nightcrawler is up ahead. And uh, new mutants are like, we're seeing things. Professor X turned into some kind of monster. Uh, well, just like before, actually. 
Huh. Same kind we fought before. Well, they didn't know it was the professor uh, before. I know. But, but you would think the next line of dialogue would be like, it's actually starting to make sense. <laughs> Who do you creeps think you are anyway? We're the X-Men. We're the best at what we do. And what we do is beat up children. <laughs> but you're supposed to be dead. Yeah. They just let that one go. We're not. We're not dead. Nope. Chill out. <laughs> so the... Uh, Colossus and uh, Brood Professor are fighting, but uh, the Brood Professor has gotten the upper hand and throws Colossus towards the X-Men, which point Wolverine jumps on top of him and says, Cowabunga surfs up. Cowabunga surfs up. <laughs> Any of you radical dudes want some pizza? And he, he leaps off of Colossus and he says, we don't intend to lose. Yep. And, uh, it's kind of a weird caption. He's he's it says that he's going for the queen's heart, but at the last second, he uh, shifts his targets and slices off her tail, hmm. which is a weird thing to put in captions. But like none of these captions needed to be there. No, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's a little extra detail. Fiend, for that I will rend the flesh from your unbreakable bones. I will feast on your living heart. Mm. <laughs> That's when Shan's like, I'm going to possess the brood, and it doesn't work. It's thoughts as alien, as evil, as the one we fought earlier. Wait, I think I tried this already. <laughs> so, I mean, we talked a little bit last episode about how, like, I mean, just, just sick Shan on them, because she can take out anybody. But I like that they're definitely uh, continuing to impose and impart some, like, she can't just always do it because there's crazy minds out there. She can't be the professor. Exactly. Only the professor can be the professor. Even the professor can't be the professor anymore. That's true, because he's a brood. So, he's flying away. The wound will heal. So, he's he's going to fly away and regroup and come back later, I guess. But but not for long, because from nowhere comes Binary. The name's Binary. Oh, wait, how did, I had a good Binary last episode, didn't I? That's, or two episodes ago. Let's see, what you got there is pretty good. She's got, she got the, uh, she sounds like the sun. I hate to disillusion you, monster, but from us, there is no escape. That's, that's all right. We can go with that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't speak a lot, thankfully, in this issue. She sounds like a very scary version of Destiny. Yes. <laughs> the sky, it was clear a moment ago. My doing. Storm. That's right, jerk. And now I'm going to make you cold. Bear, I'm falling, and I'm I'm down. You named you yourself named the terms of our battle to the death. Only though that death evil one will be yours, but someone else will have to do it because I can't. Yep, I'm Storm, and I don't kill. <laughs> and I, but I, but I do want to point out that I could have slain her with a lightning bolt, but I could not bring myself to do it. No shame in being what you are, darling. I'm the killer on this team. Remember, not this time, Wolverine. I was the first X-Man. It's my right, my responsibility, and I'm going to do it. Not sure how, since my powers are kind of like movement-based. and <laughs> Force-based. Well, he could smush the brood head. <laughs> uh, but he, but first, he's like, hey, Professor, is there any alternative? And uh, the Professor well, has worked his way, I guess, towards the top of the brood's psyche. Ben, resisting all my might, shock of storm's assault enabled me to gain upper hand. 
Kill me, Scott. I beg you. You heard the man. I also heard Phoenix play this riff before she died. I never had a chance to save the woman I loved. Well, now I'm going to save the man I love. (laughs) And so he says, we're not going to kill. We're going to try to save him. So long as there's hope, no matter how slight, the X-Men fight to preserve, to create, rather than destroy. Any objections? Lots. None. So that's Cyclops. Wow. He's dreaming. What's wrong with his eyes? <laughs> he looks like he has deadly eyes. Well, All right. so, so that that, that was um, that was the action-packed first half of this issue, and uh, now I want to go back to complain. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, that that two-page spread. Mm-hmm. What are the X-Men thinking? <laughs> what do you mean? Why do they burst in and like start blast? Why does Cyclops blasting the door down? Why is Nightcrawler appearing in the middle of everybody? Like there's glass exploding and wood exploding. Why are they scaring the crap out of these kids? Adam, take a deep breath. <gasps> when you get stressed out like that, the blood vessels in your brain constrict and cause you to think irrationally. So when you take a deep breath, it opens those blood vessels to allow the thoughts to continue flowing normally. Now, with that out of the way, listen, Adam, what happened here was the X-Men needed the element of surprise. There's no telling whether or not the Professor Brood was sitting in there watching Magnum with the New Mutants, or if, in fact, the New Mutants themselves weren't little harboring, harboring, harboring little queens inside of them. I can think of one way. (laughs) How? Nightcrawler. Yeah. Bamf inside the mansion. Nope, professor's not in the lobby. Bamf outside of the mansion. Bamf inside of the professor's room. Well, see, the Nightcrawler can't teleport to a place that he's never been before. And since the mansion was newly rebuilt, who knows what could have been there? So Cyclops had to burst open the door so Nightcrawler could get a visual inspection of the living room so then he could teleport inside. (laughs) Again, why does he teleport in between everybody? the element of surprise so that he can drop down and 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 clunk people's heads together yeah but there's glass flying and (laughs) wood flying he's gonna get all cut up adam visually it was very exciting oh no for sure absolutely it just makes no sense whatsoever and also we get a view through the windows how come the x-men couldn't look through the windows that that's actually a very good question or why not have Kitty Pride phase into the the background, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, look. Hey, guys. Uh, the professor's not down here with the new mutants. It's, it's almost you, as if... The, do you want me to go investigate the rest of the house? It's almost as if the battle was nothing more than a, an alert to the professor. Kind of. So Kitty could have effectively uh, maybe, maybe tried to, like, think about nothing, but try to phase throughout the house to try to elude the professor. Yeah. That also, would... why why is Cyclops shooting the door down? <laughs> <laughs> I well, we got plenty of money to rebuild. Anyway, yeah, I just have that that ridiculous complaint about that opening scene. But it is it is it is very action packed, straight all the way up to this page, which is somewhere in the middle of the issue. Actually, we're almost done. Yeah, that's a very but, exciting first half of the issue. It was it was it was good good action. Yeah. So here's the plan. Uh, they have brought Professor Brood onto the Starjammer, and they're going to try. They're going to try with Moira and Sikorsky's help to repair him. Uh, it's a long shot. Uh, choice there is none. 
permission given. <laughs> procedure begun has. This procedure, by the way. They kind of reversed the metamorphosis, but Sikorsky thinks he can take the tissue samples collected from Charles when he was last aboard and clone him uh, to a new body. Then we transplant his mind from one to the other. Not need to be in room we are. Yeah. Uh, you don't leave in the middle of a surgery. <laughs> eh, you know. So this is why I think that the X-Men contacted Moira, because she that's how they know a little bit about the new mutants. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, so Colossus has now been reunited with his sister, who's been hanging out with, uh, uh, who was on Muir Island. Yeah. Right. Well, they're in Earth orbit now, so they picked up everybody. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's kind of back together. Uh, they reconnect, which is nice. Um, Peter, Ileana, oh my gosh, you're all right. I'm all right. This is great. Storm feels sorry for herself that Kitty is now really happy to see Ileana, her good friend, and Peter, the the man she believes she loves. Little uh, judgmental there, Storm. <laughs> Uh, yes. and, uh, she's moved on and Storm no longer has that maternal uh, relationship. Nope. She's a little sad. So she goes up to the bridge or wherever and he's, uh, she sees Nightcrawler, who is just kind of alone with his thoughts staring out the window. And I don't really like this scene. Nightcrawler feels very... Uh, upset or not he's he's like nervous that the new mutants are going to think that he's um weird looking i mean come on get over it <laughs> first of all the new mutants are not going to appear in this comic for a very long time again so it's not like you guys hang out <laughs> well between issues they probably go out for <laughs> soda pops and ice cream <laughs> oh the jury is still out on whether or not they'll accept me it's one thing to watch someone like me on a cinema or television screen quite another to share a dinner table with him yeah, it's way cooler. <laughs> Cyclops and Corsair, they get a chance to reconnect. And, hey, you going to hang out on Earth? I don't know. I'm going to visit some people. But eventually I got to go back to space because there's nothing left here on Earth. By the way, you have grandparents. Whoa. <laughs> when you leave, will you take me with you? If that's what you want, then gladly. So, so Cyclops is leaving on the Starjammer with the star jammers uh but before that he's going to go meet his grandparents and yeah. have a hug with his father yeah hooray uh but before any of that happens reza brings a gladiator onto the bridge gladiator of course one of the shiar guard who last said that he was going to arrest or kill or something the star jammers star jammers <laughs> But he's like, no, you're good for now. But I do need to talk to Lilandra. There's some problems. And uh, Lilandra is aware of the problems. Uh, it's that her sister Deathbird is now ruling the galaxy, or ruling the Shi'ar galaxy, I suppose. Here's, and, one, uh, here's one thing I don't like. Sikorsky's race, the Kri'elite, always got to have that apostrophe, are <laughs> renowned for their medical skill. If even he is doubtful of Charles' hopes... Uh, or, or if even he is doubtful, Charles' hopes are slim indeed. I just hate it when they, like, this race of people are doctors. This race of people do this. Yeah, that's kind of silly. Like, for example, in the Star Wars universe, you'll recall that Leia says to Han and Luke, 
Many Bothan spies died for this information, right? That was Mon Matha. Mon Matha. At that point, was, was Leia even off the Death Star at that point? Well, I guess she must, it was she in, must have been. It was, that was in Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, it was. So, uh, so we're both wrong. It was Mon Mothma, but it was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Anyways, uh, every one of the um, extended or expanded universe books, whenever they refer to Bothans or Bothans, they're, they're always spies. So it's like they're a whole whole planet of spies. (laughs) Anyways, talk about profiling. Jesus. Oh, it's one of them Bothans. (laughs) They're like like Sicilians. (laughs) Yes, they're all gangsters. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Uh, so Gladiator shows up and they do talk about uh, Deathbird taking over and all hell's gone. Everything's gone to hell. There is more. Upon arrival here, I unintentionally came into conflict with the Fantastic Four. I later learned that they had recently encountered Galactus. Majestrix, the Shatterer of World, had returned to Earth to die. Oh, then his threat is finally ended. Would that it were. With the intervention of Reed Richards, who is a member of the Fantastic Four, in case you didn't know, Galactus was restored to health given a new herald, and set free. What? So, inexplicably, in the middle of this X-Men comic, uh, Lilandra gets in front of a holograph beamer and beams her image to the bedroom of Reed Richards and Sue Richards, who, by the way, are both naked. Well, you know, that's what you do. Hell yeah. And she's like, you're doomed! I bet you Reed's wearing pants and Sue is wearing... A thong. An invisible thong. In, in invisible panties. And and to make things worse, you know, the uh, Johnny Storm and uh, Ben Grimm, they hear the commotion, so they run into their bedroom. <laughs> and they're like, Johnny's like, oh my God, Sue, I never realized how hot you were. I feel so dirty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah, and, and so she, she uh, Lilandra threatens uh, Reed Richards and says, you're a jerk. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, he kind of is. Like, I didn't read that issue of the Fantastic Four, but I'm sure that Reed Richards um, was able to rationalize his actions somehow. But, I mean, this is the devourer of planets, and if he was dying, it's probably just best to leave him be. I did not read the issue either. Um, Issue 250 does feature the X-Men on the cover, but I believe they're just scrolls. But I'll probably read it. I'll find it. I'll find it and read it. So anyways, after Lilandra threatens the Fantastic Four, she gets out of the little hollow bubble and she's like, not that it'll do any good because I'm a princess without a world. <laughs> there are worse fates. Um, well, hey, to, to add some more uh, confusion to this issue, the professor's back and he's all right. Greetings, X-Men and Star Jammers. And <laughs> where are the new mutants? <laughs> Professor X. Oh. Professor Xavier, you're all right. In fact, Scott, I am better than ever. Don't overdo it. And the professor stands up. Oh, my God. He's not even using his power legs from that one issue of the X-Men early on. Uh, Why did he ever stop using those power legs? Where's nerd guy? Mm, um, That was X-Men number 37. <laughs> he... If only nerd guy was correct. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, he falls over, though. Ah, arg! 
Arg. Charles, bloody hell, I was afraid of this, Lilandra. Give me a hand with him, quick, because we're about to get some new information about the professor's origin that we didn't know before. Ever since my legs were crushed, I've used my psi powers to block the pain, else it would have consumed me. Even after they healed, more or less, the nerves were badly traumatized, and the slightest pressure, even the attempt to stand, meant unbearable agony. Now, though there is no physical pain, but a psychosomatic response evidently exists as crippling as the original, I can walk, but my mind won't let me. Oh, the humanity! You just have to practice in the danger room, Professor, like us! You should need, er, and should you need my encouragement, my love, I shall do my best to provide it. <laughs> I know what that means. Uh, and then Moira says if it's TLC, if Lil's TLC does not do the trick, I'll kick you in the butt. But it looks <laughs> like they're both flirting with I him. I know and what that means, too. <laughs> <laughs> they're both flirting with him and touching him. And if I'm Lil Andrew, I'm like, get your ex-girlfriend hands off my man. <laughs> yeah, she's a Shi'ar, you know, she's cool with it. We don't have jealousy in our world. Yeah. Okay. I'll hold you to that, Moira. Sigh. And now the new mutants in the, are in the room, oh. so it, it turns out that uh, the professor just was ignoring them. I have rarely witnessed so happy a day to see those I feared lost forever return home alive and well. To be alive and well myself, there are more blessings than any man shall or any man deserves. Whew. Here are the new mutants. By the way, there are new students. <laughs> Sounds great to us. One tussle with Colossus was more than enough for me. The feeling towards is mutual. Had you struck harder, God. I still would have blocked it. <laughs> there is an additional benefit to the introduction of the new mutants, by the way. I'm now calling them the new mutants. Uh, <laughs> at last, Kitty will be able to study with children of her own age. Ah. Huh? Says who? I'm an X-Man! Oh. I kind of like this uh, panel of Kitty. It's, 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 it's very, I don't know, 1930s or something. What? That was an oversight, an error on my part. You are too young, Kitty, and too little is known about your powers. Uh, I haven't been around for a while, and I haven't really seen you fight, but I am going to make a judgment on you. <laughs> In the X-Men's primary role of combating evil mutants... The risks are too great and I cannot allow them. As soon as we return to Earth, you are to leave the X-Men and join the new mutants. My decision is final. Next issue, Kitty's reaction or Professor Xavier is a jerk. Everybody looks stunned. We did get some letters. We got a letter from Chris Pasquilero. He says, hi. I just wanted to say that I discovered your podcast about two weeks ago and I really like it. You guys are pretty funny. Just pretty funny. And I like that you spend so much time on each issue panel by panel. I enjoy your commentary and your reactions to the ridiculous sound effects and the occasional bad artwork. I thought it was hilarious that you played a PDA about strangers in the beginning of the issue with the stranger. Keep going. I hope you don't stop, Chris. Um, greetings from the future. Is, is that what we do? Well, I think he meant PSA, like a public service announcement, not a uh, personal digital assistant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Greetings from the future, Chris Pasqueller. Oh, yes. Pas we, or maybe greetings from the past. I can never get that straight. I don't know. We're still doing it. Well, we're talking to him 
from the future, but by the time he listens to it, it'll be our past and, okay. his, and, and it'll be his present. So, well, in that case, we got all the bases covered. Oh, okay. Uh, thanks. Yes. Always good to hear from people. Uh, we also got a note on the web page. That's www.xmenpodcast.com. And this one comes from Claressa Wilcox. She's she's uh, written in before as well as provided us some uh, original artwork. She uh, listened to number 155 today. And she says that she is happy that the Brood Saga is over. Well, funny thing about that. Now the Brood Saga is over. But it, Well, <laughs> technically... I know. I'm glad that the Brood Saga is over as well. To me, the X-Men just seem better on Earth. Well, I have bad news for you. We're going to end up back in space pretty soon. Oh, no. <laughs> but I have to agree that the X-Men on Earth are better than the X-Men in space. Uh, but this was one of the funniest episodes in a while. The Huntmaster, Blastmaster, Chefmaster jokes had me cracking up so much I was disturbing my roommate while she was trying to study for finals. Well, sorry about that, Clarissa's roommate. She looked up the word anathema. 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 And it means something that is hated, really. Storm could have just said, I hate killing. But I guess Chris Claremont wanted to show off his vocabulary. I don't know where Aurora would have learned such a fancy word growing up homeless as a homeless pickpocket in Egypt, though especially since they don't speak English there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I believe she came from uh, Anathema, Africa. Right. <laughs> another thing that cracked me up was jeremy saying iron man and power fist three or four times in a row in the dazzler section at the end i don't know if this was intentional but it was hilarious uh, as you, i don't even remember that i'm sure it wasn't intentional <laughs> and i don't i don't even think i noticed i'm sure i was completely on autopilot as i was <laughs> regurgitating the information from that episode as always thanks for the entertainment and education it is much appreciated well thank you for the well-written letter yeah, always good to hear like the specifics of people. We like to hear we're funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Adam and I got uh, a wind of a, a new comic book event that's occurring. Well, not just us. Everybody got wind of it. The whole Secret Wars thing, right? It's just us. <laughs> Nobody else knows about it. But trust Spoilers. me, it's going to be nuts. Another Secret Wars, which honestly I find a little confusing that it's not Secret Wars 3. Something other than Secret Wars? Because there already was a Secret Wars. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's that whole nostalgia thing. I get it, right? I mean, you definitely want to call back. Uh, in fact, did, did you ever read Secret War? I did. I Well, actually, I read the first five issues. It wasn't very good. I thought it was okay. Mm. I felt like it featured Spider-Man and a bunch of B-stringers. Wolverine. It's hardly a B-stringer. Was Wolverine in Secret War? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we're not talking about the same Secret War. Could could be. <laughs> All right. Well, in any event, uh, this is not that. This is Secret Wars. This is the thing that's going to, like, do crazy things to the Marvel Universe. Obliterate the Marvel Universe. There won't be a Marvel Universe. And then what do you say? How do you... Welcome, welcome to Battle World, apparently. The whole thing is Battle World forever? I have no idea. No. Well, anyways, uh, one of the offshoots of the Secret Wars... Uh, is a comic book called X-Men 92. And uh, we, Adam and I, get the uh, pleasure, the luxury uh, of interviewing the two creators of X-Men number nine, not number, X-Men 92, Chris Sims and Chad Bowers. It's true. You've probably already heard about this because we've already posted on Facebook, but now you're hearing about it on the, on the, um, uh, the podcast. I'm definitely intrigued to see what they uh, plan on doing. So 
I guess that's the whole uh, point of Secret Wars, right? Is that anything goes. Yeah, it sure seems like it. And that's going to be interesting. You can email us at dangerroom at redcapproductions.com. You can visit us at xmenpodcast.com. Or you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash dangerroompodcast. And uh, you could post a message on any one of those three vehicles uh, just in general or a question for... Uh, Chris and Chad, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just go there, type in Danger Room under the podcast section. We're the first one that shows up. You can subscribe, leave us some feedback. Uh, You can catch us on Stitcher if that's your preferred internet radio vehicle. Um, You can follow us at Danger Room Go, or you could voicemail us at 501-GET-X-MEN. Dang, son. (laughs) You just said it. Um, I read Dazzler number 25. Oh, do tell. Well, it is a filler, top to bottom. <laughs> it's uh, written by somebody else. It's drawn by somebody else. Uh, it doesn't feature Rogue or Dazzler or Iron Fist or Power Man. Um, it just features a, a, a stalker, a Dazzler stalker. Yeah, I, I actually did skim this one, and I have to say, it was pretty creepy. Yep. If... Yeah. Uh, I think it captured the whole stalking thing pretty well, and and the guy was uh, pretty disturbed and disturbing, and um, it made me very sad. Yeah, little, little part of me died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, so uh, do you have any questions about the issue, Adam? Because that's all it was. There was a stalker, and then he went to jail. Well, he wasn't just a stalker. He was like a uh, a vet from Vietnam, so he had some like serious mental issues yep and yeah i just found it depressing totally irrelevant to the x-men pantheon and the dazzler saga but yeah those things happened i uh read defenders number 117 and it was also fairly irrelevant (laughs) um beast was not in it okay and um the only thing that was interesting was that uh the overmind has a bunch of um telepaths they they're, that have combined to form him and one of their names is uh philip Le Guin, and another of their names is ursula richards which uh anybody who knows any any like kind of nerdy sci-fi stuff knows that uh philip k dick and ursula k Le Guin are clearly being referenced there and i thought that was neat oh. uh, other than that not worth talking about okay hey adam congratulations we we are clocking this episode in at under one hour no way yes way well let's how much time do we have to fill till we get past that hour mark i five or six minutes i, I don't know. see the avengers yet no no <laughs> can't even talk about that because i didn't see it um i haven't watched any of uh shield i watched uh, uh the first episode of um uh, daredevil yeah yeah okay so i'm not caught up there uh what else i've not watched no agent carter but i've got them all so can't talk about that okay mm, let's see yeah i haven't read any new uh x related comic books <laughs> you caught up on game of thrones <laughs> uh, actually no i'm i'm an episode behind on game of thrones as well son of a <laughs> i know my whole life is like just totally behind i don't think i'm caught up on anything in fact what day is it it's march right Jeremy, we need to stop this podcast now so that you can go watch TV. Oh, my gosh. There's so much television to be watched. 
If only I didn't have to sleep, then I could get caught up on all of it. <laughs> and what an achievement that would be. And if I could come back next week and be like, Adam, I watched all of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of Agent Carter, all of Daredevil, saw the Avengers, watched all of Game of Thrones, and I've got nothing to talk about. Because <laughs> it all blends into one very long, convoluted story. I'd be like, let's talk about X-Men. Who? Like, I think Captain America's the king of the Northland. <laughs> Not sure, though. And he's a lawyer. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I guess we can probably close this shop up. Adam, you have anything else to add? Uh, same X time, same X channel. Uh, until that time, though, the danger room is closed. you know that they're shooting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 in uh, they're shooting on the highway in Buffalo? No. Yeah. You got to get up there and get yourself a, a walk-on or a, whatever you call it. An extra. I think it's all, it's all traffic. I don't think there are any extras. Well, I mean, if it's traffic, you got to be in your car just like going back and forth on that road <laughs> with your head sticking out of the window. Cowabunga, dudes! <laughs> Put like Eastman and Laird stuff like all over your back window and see if anybody catches on. <laughs> I know where the turtles came from. <laughs> You're ruining it. No, I didn't see. The, actually, I did not see the movie. Did you see the movie? Yes, it was terrible. Oh, okay. Did you see uh, the animated one from like three or four years ago? Yeah, that one was all right. Okay, I didn't see that one either. I think that's the uh, only two Turtles movies that there has been since Turtles in Time, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, there might have been other cartoony ones. But I'm talking about like theatrical releases. Do you ever see the one where they the new cartoons crossed over with the old cartoons and then they crossed over with the Eastman and Laird first issue? This sounds like a comic book thing. No, it was a it was a cartoon. Really? No, I yeah, didn't. You should totally that. find it and, and, and watch it. It's actually pretty good. Was it on? Because the, the, the old turtles are uh, like ridiculously uh, – muscly Stupid. and stuff right well they're they're like they're, they they take the way that they were all goofy and they like turn it up to 10 so they're like they're super stupid goofy okay. it's pretty funny okay and then they go back and and they go to like our childhood turtles on tv yeah they go back yeah they do that and they go back to issue one uh they all go back to issue one is it all in black and white it's all in black and white oh sweet and the turtles are all bad and like uh we're gonna get you it's pretty funny. You should check it out. Was that a Nickelodeon thing? I believe so, yeah. Huh. All right. The things you learned on this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like I said, Wolverine's surfing on Colossus. We, get, we, got a, we got an ingredients for a BAMF from Jake Ivey on Facebook. Uh, but I, I comment, I kind of said, hey, uh, this, this is kind of expensive. And uh, if, you could, if you could modify it. So that maybe there's only two drinks, maybe, or maybe like, or maybe one drink mixed with some liqueurs. It sounds pretty interesting. Well, Adam, the, the, you put out kind of the challenge saying like, hey, if you can make a drink, uh, that's good, you can get it published and sold at the local bar. So maybe he did actually create a 
drink that would be pourable at a bar. But when I looked at the ingredients, I was like, that. there's no way that stuff's ever going to be in my liquor cabinet. <laughs> I don't know that any drink would ever have this much stuff in it at a bar. Well, there's new, uh, Long Island iced teas have quite a bit of different boozes in them. Really? What do they have? I don't know. Oh. I, I've just seen them when they pour it. There's a lot of things that go into it, it seems like. Well, Jake, Jake Ivey, we need some uh, clarification on this. So, Do you have the recipe? Maybe you could just read it out. Uh, yeah, sure. It's right here. Uh, a Banff is a half ounce of vodka, a half ounce of gin, a half ounce of light rum, a half ounce of triple sec, a half ounce of blue Caracao, a half ounce of raspberry liqueur, uh, sweet and sour mix, pour over a glass of dry ice for the smoke effect. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, that sounds like a potent drink. It sounds pretty cool. I mean, like the the blue and the raspberry poured over the the dry ice seems like that would give us our our kind of purpley thing, which and, and then the dry the dry ice gives us the smoke and and the, I I like the idea. So so maybe there there's an additional idea here. You know, when when um, Nightcrawler teleports. Uh, a person for the first time, that person feels generally pretty nauseous. So maybe this drink is also supposed to simulate your first teleport. Ooh, nice. I like it. <laughs> and if that's the case, you know, kudos to you for coming up with that. Um, if I would say if you could choose one of those four um, liquors, well, I don't even know what triple sec is. Oh, it's, it's a common mixer. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a mixer. So maybe one, one, uh, one liquor, and maybe those some of those mixers that make it particularly an interesting color. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, I do have gin. When he says light rum, I don't know what he means by that. But I think I have some Captain Morgan's. But that's spiced rum, so that might not work. And I definitely have some vodka. So I, I'm I'm pretty close. I just don't have the triple sec. And triple sec you can't go wrong with. Triple sec goes in a lot of things. Okay. So maybe- I, I, I only have vodka. Oh, okay. I don't know about the raspberry liqueur. Like I would get that. I would put half an ounce in this glass and I would never use it again. <laughs> you can buy them in like little bottles. I was actually thinking of maybe just buying everything in like those little. Yeah, yeah uh, I know what you're talking about. I feel like that, that would be like $27 in little bottles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's the fear. And <laughs> be like, oh, it's my $27 drink. Let's see how this goes down. Oh my God, it's the worst. Although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the most delicious. Yes. Uh, before before we delve any further, uh, Jake, we want we want more information. All right, there you go. The challenge is out there. Heroes in a half shell. 